Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. And I'm here in my closet recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. So, yeah, listen, we'd love to just jump right into our our regularly scheduled nonsense. But guess what? It's been a pretty fucked up week. Um, Sure has. Yeah. I mean, another fucked up week and like a long stretch of fucked up weeks. When more black lives were taken by white police officers, there was George Floyd in Minneapolis, there was Tony McDade in Tallahassee, Florida, there was Breonna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky. And the fact that this happened and it continues to happen time and time again, that should outrage you. And yes, the cop who, let's let's call it what it is, murdered George Floyd, he's been charged but here's the deal. If if you don't get why people are still mad, you are not paying attention, okay? The fact that it had to take these nationwide protests and outcries for this tiny bit of movement is still a problem. And the fact that only one of those officers was charged while the three others who stood by and watched weren't charged, that's still a problem. The fact that we live in a country where so many people still just see the simple phrase, Black Lives Matter, just saying that simple phrase, they see this as some type of point to debate or have to follow it up with some all lives matter nonsense because they can't acknowledge that just saying Black Lives Matter needs to be a strong and sufficient statement in and of itself. And the fact that Black lives are still regularly not seen as human and not treated as human, that is still a problem. And that's why people are protesting, not just in Minneapolis, but everywhere. So if you are one of those people who doesn't understand like what good protesting in the streets does, allow me to fucking rant for a second. (laughs) 
And we also like we also want to do this because, you know, Matt, I know this will be shocking to everyone. You and I are both white, but we have this platform and it's it's important to us to use it to laugh, but also to talk about important issues like this right now. So please rant. Yeah. I mean, listen, I love to bitch about this stuff. We love to hate. I don't love hating this. I don't love ranting about this. But there are times when it's like, okay, we have to rant about something that is truly is truly fucked. You know, there's a reason why people have reached this point of anger where they're taking to the streets. And yeah, the the reason that I'm framing it this way, too, is I see, you know, you go on Facebook and there's there's a lot of people who start pointing out like the, the protests as being the problem and not the thing that prompted the protests in the first place, which is the murder of an innocent black person um, and police brutality at large. Right. So to that, I say, you know, what what is the alternative to protesting people say oh instead of protesting you you should vote this is a democracy okay well black people have been systematically disenfranchised white politicians draw congressional districts so that minority votes count for less and there are laws that prevent people who have been to prison from voting which which disproportionately affects black people and the Supreme Court in just the past couple of years has gutted parts of the Voting Rights Act and effectively made it easier for states to pass discriminatory election laws that make it harder for minorities to vote. And then then people say, well, oh, instead of protesting, you should let the justice system do its job. And it's like, okay, well, time and time again, you have white grand juries or largely white grand juries that fail to bring charges against white police officers who kill innocent black people. And yeah, sure. In the case of George Floyd, the officer who murdered him has been charged with third degree murder which is already kind of absolving him of some of the blame because they're saying, okay, well, it's not, it wasn't his intention to murder him. There was like underlying, he had underlying health problems and it's like, you're already, you're already letting him off the hook. And that's not even, we don't even know if he'll be convicted yet. If a judge or a jury will, will convict him of that. And really that only happened after people started protesting. And, and that's to say nothing about all of the police who aren't caught on camera perpetuating violence you know what about all the police officers who stand by while this type of violence happens what about the fact that we've empowered police officers to use this type of military force against people then you have people who are like oh why can't all of this just be more peaceful racists like mike pence lost their shit when colin kaepernick knelt silently in protest of police violence against black lives and then, hello, you have a bunch of, of so-called well-intentioned white people who, who invoke MLK and, and calling for peace. But, like, um, MLK was literally assassinated. <laughs> so, you know, just, like, keep that in mind. And then people say, well, instead of protesting, we should just be talking it out with one another. And it's like, well, people weren't even listening when someone was gasping for air and pleading for their life. And when it's white people protesting whether it's white supremacists in Charlottesville who were marching the streets with literal torches because they were sad over some little statue of a racist getting taken down or white people protesting because the the governor of their state closed their Applebee's down during a pandemic. 
you have a president who's saying, well, there's good people on both sides. But when it's people of color who protest and black people who protest, they're thugs and deserve to be shot. So if you're sitting back and thinking, well, I just don't get the protests or why aren't things more peaceful? Because nothing else has worked. And listen, it's the beginning of June, which is Pride Month. And in case you forgot, it was literally a violent riot against the police that launched the gay liberation movement. And it was led by trans women of color like Marsha P. Johnson, who was a black trans woman credited as as one of the prominent figures in the Stonewall riots. And it, it happened because people were fed the fuck up. So if you're like, oh, I just I just can't condone people disrupting shit in the streets it's like this kind of protest is what happens when people feel like they have no other choice so you know we we take pride at unhappy hour in in providing some some levity and catharsis during tough times obviously we're still in the middle of a pandemic which by the way has disproportionately affected minority communities just saying So we still want to put out today's episode and hopefully um, provide a little bit of joy in the midst of all the darkness, but it it wouldn't be right not to acknowledge that the joy is a lot harder to come by for a lot of people who deal with racism every single day. And for those of us who don't deal with that racism or or benefit from racism every single day, uh, because here's the deal, even if you feel deep in your bones that you're not a racist, you still probably benefit from the fact that you don't have to deal with racism every day. Those of us who have that privilege, myself included, need to step up and you, especially (laughs) you No, uh, need to step up and do better. And it's terrible that it's taken this tragedy for, for so many people to really start paying attention to black voices that have been crying out all this time. But here we are. So how can you help? What can you do? First, educate yourself. Nobody is born with all of this knowledge. Some people have had to learn it because they they have to face it every day. But the rest of us can't just rely on our ignorance. You know, we have to actually do the work to find this stuff out. So I, for one, I just ordered a bunch of books from one of my local booksellers. There's a lot of lists floating around of some great books. We can put some of those lists in the show notes. Totally. We're also going to put a list of Black-owned bookstores you can order from. I also encourage people to use Libby, which is the e-reader app that hooks up to your local library. Like There are a lot of other options, but you can make each step go even further. Yeah, I mean, just a couple of titles that I got um, Between the World and Me by ta Coates I'd never read. I want to read that. The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, which is about um, prison law and prison reform. And uh, So You Want to Talk About Race by Igioma Oluo. I also got that one. I'm very excited about it. And also, I've never read the autobiography of Malcolm X. So I ordered that and a bunch of other stuff um, that I'm really excited to start my summer reading. Nice. And if you don't like reading, then you can watch some movies. Ava DuVernay is obviously a great place to start. 13th uh, is one of her movies on Netflix about the 13th Amendment, which essentially says, I mean, it does, the the reality is slavery is still legal. Uh, The 13th Amendment says that if you are a prisoner, you can legally be a slave, basically. Anyway, um, When They See Us, uh, also by Ava DuVernay, which is about the Central Park Five. 
Also, Pride Month, you can watch, if you don't know who Marsha P. Johnson is, um, there is a documentary called The Life and Death of Marsha P. Johnson that is on Netflix. I'm really excited to watch I Am Not Your Negro, which is a documentary that was actually written by James Baldwin and voiced by Samuel L. Jackson. That's available on Prime and hopefully other places, too, because, you know, Prime. Uh, But yeah. (laughs) Right. and if you just want to listen and not read something, then you can also, well, you could do audiobooks, but you can also do podcasts. So there's Code Switch by NPR, which is a kind of like talk show about race. And then the 1619 Project by the New York Times, which is about the kind of legacy of slavery in the United States. And then Reveal has a lot of really amazing episodes. And that is from the Center of Investigative Reporting. And there are so many other podcasts you can listen to. Yeah. Another big action you can take, and this one really means a lot, but I understand it's a pandemic, but showing up and protesting, if you feel safe to do so, uh, makes a huge difference, especially if you are white, having your white body there between black and brown protesters and the police makes a very big difference. And if you aren't comfortable going to the protest or if you can't, if there's other reasons why you can't, um, there are other ways to engage with protests. You can look up local Black Lives Matter chapters and different places and organizations who are organizing those protests. And oftentimes they'll say if they need certain supplies and you can possibly volunteer to bring supplies, things like that. But especially if you're not going to these protests, it is so important to bail out every single protester who was arrested. Especially keep in mind, we're in a pandemic and you know that the people who are being arrested, that cops are not taking the proper measures to make sure that they are safe and have masks or are six feet apart. Right. So super important to bail people out. There are a lot of bail funds that we'll post in the show notes uh, for places that you can do that. And speaking of donating. Yeah. Put your fucking money where your mouth is. I tweeted out this link if you if you want to find. We can also put it in the show notes. Um, but someone compiled a really great list at blacklivesmatters.card, C-A-R-R-D dot co. We'll put that in the show notes. But it basically compiled a whole bunch of all of this info all in one place. So if you're like, I have literally no idea where to start, go to that link. And it's got everything, including places you can donate, like the George Floyd Memorial Fund and Black Visions Collective. Um, and it's also really helpful to make these donations recurring because this work isn't over once the news stops covering it. Right. And finally, just fucking vote. Vote Vote.org. If you're not registered to vote, what better time to register to vote? It's like, we just can't afford not to at this point. And as much as you might not like a particular candidate, it's like the Supreme Court is something you have to think about. All of these things. It's like you you don't have the luxury of sitting out and and like not getting out there and voting, even if you're not in love with the person you have to cast a vote for. Yeah. Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to hold our noses. We're going to fucking do it because the alternative is a more conservative just, justices on the Supreme Court um, and in local courts and all of these places that are are making these laws that make it harder for people to vote, that set sentencing laws, that put minorities behind bars for small crimes for super long periods of time. Yeah. And, and that that really highlights something that I'm trying to get a lot better at, which which is engaging with local politics outside of the voting booth and not just researching right before I go into the voting booth, which I am 
totally guilty of doing in the past. But like there are things that you can do right now with your council people, with your assembly people that will make a difference now and not just in the voting booth. So one example, and this is specifically in New York, you can call on your assembly person to support the Safer New York Act. It's a package of bills that would help increase police transparency and help increase accountability to New Yorkers' most common encounters with police. So I learned about this from Communities United for Police Reform, which has a lot of really amazing information about it. I'll link to what they're doing in the show notes. And if you don't know who your assembly person is, we've got a link to help you figure that out, too, because it's super like all I did yesterday was I just Googled <laughs> assembly person and my zip code. I put in my address and I was able to figure out who that is. They have a contact page. And then I just sent an email from that contact page that said, I'd really like for you to support the Safer New York Act, specifically to repeal 50A, which is a piece of legislation that passed a long time ago that basically allows the police to keep their documents about their officers secret, even and like you can't even FOIA it, which is crazy. So there are ways to hold the police accountable right now, even if you're not in the voting booth, but also get to the damn voting booth. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not like super well versed. I obviously <laughs> in in a lot of the like intricacies of of like, okay, well, what can actually change? I know one of the things that people advocate for because that's the thing is it's like okay, well, protest is is one thing, and and it's a way of expressing anguish and despair and anger. But it's like, what is the actual thing that will change to make this better? Besides everybody just not being racist. Um, <laughs> and one of those things is like citizen review boards for for police. I mean, and that mm -hmm. is like a, a local level thing that actual everyday citizens are are reviewing police boards and the like actions of police and making recommendations and things like that. So like, yeah, all of this shit happens on a local level. And the more that like good people get involved and like people who are doing the work to be educated and to lift up um, voices like that's how things are actually going to change. Uh, so, yeah. Also, also because like <laughs> I know it can sound so overwhelming if you're just dipping your toes into this, but like there are entire organizations like Black Lives Matters. It's an actual organization that exist with the resources already there and you just have to join and then stay accountable to being a part of it. There's just to shout out one other organization that I've been really interested in joining and have reached out to now is Jews for Economic and Racial Justice. Mm -hmm. It's a non-denominational organization of Jews who want to focus on American racial and economic social justice issues. And so like that organization exists and I can just join it <laughs> and start attending their meetings and start finding out what I can do. And that'll be my way into local politics. So, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel with this. There are places that exist that you can join and support. And I think if you aren't already, if you've been thinking about it now is a really great time to do it, because like I said earlier, these issues aren't just going to stop in a week. <laughs> like it's it's something that we need to get better at every day. Right. To make actual change. Yeah. And I think um, you and I can definitely do um, a better job at like, you know, when we're talking about the TV shows that we're watching and like the pop yeah. culture that we're sharing that like we're lifting up as many different voices as possible and in the type of guests that we have. Yeah. 
So anyway, um, we're, we are going to get into today's episode. Having said all of that, we still want to provide... And it is, it, is a, it is a little bit of a shorter episode, yeah. just so everyone knows. We want to be, um, you know, respectful to the moment, we, but we also still want to provide a little bit of joy. Um, because, yeah, I mean, as you, as you listen and, and hopefully laugh along, make sure you're taking the time and, and to try to make a difference here. And, um, you know, if you, if you haven't already, to kind of start that that work it's not it's not easy and it's uncomfortable and but that's the point it's not supposed to be so let's get into our our little episode we're going to kick things off um with worst things first where i shout about the silliest most ridiculous worst news of the week which mostly thank god this week is mostly just animals doing (laughs) dumb shit (laughs) the animals have the good sense to know now is the time to fuck up because we need it they're really acting out and then we're just going to head right into our chasers and talk about what's bringing us a little bit of levity this week. And yeah, just to clarify, so the rest of what you're going to hear, we actually already had recorded last week. So everything that you've heard us say so far on this episode, this first half, we recorded this week on Monday, uh, you know, after this full kind of weekend of protests, we wanted to be as up to date as possible with everything that was happening and the kind of mood of the, of the moment. But for the rest of the episode, the chasers and our worst things first that we'll play for you we'd already had this uh recorded so just in case our tone is slightly different that is why uh and also we might reference like we're going out for a walk over the weekend or like you know what we're reading or something that was all last weekend so obviously a a whole lot of shit has changed in the past just few days uh perhaps even by the time you're hearing this uh things might be different we just wanted to uh, add that extra clarification that the the rest of what you'll hear was recorded recorded a, a, a few a few days ago and then we promise that next week we'll be back to a, a full episode but until then let's get into it let's do it let's roll that pre-recorded tape all right horse things first let's talk about the worst news of the week First, there's a lot of animal stories this week. Turns out when a humanity isn't out uh, existing, it just it's animals take to the streets, which is what happened in Fort Myers, Florida. Only in Florida. Where a black bear was seen roaming around the streets prompting this cat and mouse chase with wildlife officials. (laughs) It is ridiculous to me that a black bear exists in Florida. Yeah, I did not know that was a thing until like six years ago when I was visiting my cousins who live in Orlando. And they were like, oh, don't go out to like the trash can at night because we've been having bear problems recently. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Had no idea that there were bears in Florida. Yeah, there's one bear. It's, his name is Winnie the Pooh, and he lives in <laughs> Disney. He's being imprisoned in Disney World, and that should be it. No more bears. But apparently, there's an estimate of about 4,000 black bears in Florida. I refuse to believe that. No, Florida's a swamp, and bears don't live in swamps. I don't actually really know where bears. I assume in mountains. <laughs> there aren't mountains in Florida, though. I know. Trees. That's why I'm so confused. Why? Where are the bears coming from? Caves. Caves. Yes. That is. I feel like I've said this before, but I feel uh, that is one of uh, the animals where I'm like, that can't be real. The fact that like there are just bears that exist out there in the wild, like grizzly bears, like 
2,000 pound grizzly bears? Absolutely not. I refuse to believe this. Anyway, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission officer said that in such a uh, congested area, tranquilizing the bear, which weighed 250 pounds, this was a solid mat-sized bear, (laughs) and they said um, that they, they were too worried about tranquilizing it in the middle of a residential area because it could, like, run into traffic or run into, I don't know, someone's yard. So instead, they turned to donuts from Krispy Kreme and some blueberry pie scented spray, which I would love to know more about. (laughs) Yeah, I like need that. Also, this trap would work on me. Absolutely. This is both a bear trap and a me trap. I would I would crawl (laughs) into this trap for Krispy Kreme donuts and blueberry pie scented spray. I just like, was this spray specifically designed to capture bears or did they like (laughs) walk into a Bath and Body Works and get a blueberry pie scented spray? (laughs) Either way, it worked. I mean, it's a great new marketing campaign for them. (laughs) Bath and Body Works, saving you from local Florida bears. I dig it. I would buy it. And Krispy Kreme. This uh, this bear is living my best quarantine life. Out for a (laughs) stroll, gets donuts. Sniffs some pies. Bam. And then probably takes a nap. Yeah, takes a nap while a bunch (laughs) of uh, wildlife officials drive him back to his wildlife home. (laughs) That sounds great. That is the worst part now of going for a walk, I found, is that um, whenever I get really far from my apartment, I'm like, fuck, now I have to walk all the way back. Absolutely. Uh, cause before I would like, sometimes I would get lazy and just catch a cab and I haven't, um, taken any, any cars or anything. So I'm like, fuck now I have to walk. How great would it be if someone just tranquilized me and dragged me back? <laughs> it solves all of your problems. Next. But this is, I've talked about this before. I've, it's, I'm going to emerge from quarantine with, my walls covered in like scraps of paper with red tape connecting all of them just absolutely deranged bags under my eyes screaming about the rats in new york city but guess what in a in recently updated rodent control guidelines the cdc is officially warning to be on the lookout for city-dwelling rats because they are going to start displaying unusual, aggressive behavior. No. It's official. CDC official. We're about to get eight. As someone who has literally had a rat come out of her bathroom (laughs) sink, if something like this happens to you, I'm here for you. I'm sorry. It's not going to be pleasant. It will make you go viral. I was talking to my mom a couple days ago and she was like, does Barry still live in the apartment where the rat (laughs) came out of her sink? I recently moved out of it. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, well, we'll see. There's still time for this to become the rat apartment. Uh, But yes, uh, as as I alluded to uh, in previous episodes, Uh, The CDC is now confirming, yeah, rats are about to get a little more unusual, a little more aggressive as a result of a decrease in their food supplies like restaurant waste and street garbage. Oh, yeah, this is it gets even worse because according to the CDC, rats were observed eating their own young in the wake of shutdowns. 
some jurisdictions have reported an increase in rodent activity as rodents search for new sources of food. Yeah, it was like there was a line in here about like cannibalism and infanticide. There's I was reading a book about this. <laughs> so crazed wow. I've become. Uh, apparently rats only stay within like a few hundred feet of where they were born. They have a pretty small like um area that they that they cover. Wow, and it really s- makes me respect what Remy and Ratatouille did even more, you know? Yeah, he said, I'm starting a new life. And he <laughs> uh, he knew what he was doing, and he knew what he, he wanted in life, which was to be a professional French chef, even if he had to ride on the back of some twink who didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> but, but yeah, so usually rats stay within, like, so many hundred feet of where they were born. But when they don't have enough food, they start either attacking one another or they start going further away, in which case they become like more aggressive and more erratic. Erratic. Oh, Oh, God, we're all going to die. That's it. (laughs) Great. I love that. That's basically it. The point is, we need to be putting out more garbage. We absolutely need to. Yeah. The book I was reading is literally called Rats. It is like a, a history of, of rats in New York City. I guess there are a lot of disputed reports about how many rats there actually are. Whether oh, really? it's like one to one humans to rats. No. <laughs> which would mean there's what, like eight million rats. No, thank you. This article I was reading said that there's maybe like 36 humans for every rat. I'm more comfortable with that number. <laughs> I'm still uncomfortable. <laughs> But I'm more comfortable with that. But yeah, it does say preventative actions include sealing up access into homes and businesses, removing debris and heavy vegetation, keeping garbage in tightly covered bins, and removing pet and bird food from yards. So, you know, do your part. And finally, a whole troop of monkeys in India apparently attacked a medical official and snatched away a bunch of blood samples that were positive for coronavirus. So um, that is not good. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the stories that is like, uh, yeah, scrolling through Twitter the past couple of days, it's been like, okay, horrible, horrible, horrible. Oh, good. Some monkeys got a hold of <laughs> coronavirus and are just running around India with infected blood. Not great. Maybe these monkeys just wanted to find the vaccine. Let them do medical research. (laughs) They're like, we've been used in medical research for so long for your tests. It's our turn now, bitch. You're the monkey. This is evolution. Exactly. (laughs) They know what they're doing. I trust them. I trust these monkeys to find a vaccine. Uh, The attack occurred last week when a laboratory technician was walking on the campus of a state-run medical college, and according to a college official, monkeys grabbed and fled with the blood samples of four COVID-19 patients who are undergoing treatment. We had to take their blood samples again. I... I love that that is the complaint. Oh, fuck. We have to take their blood samples again. Could you also imagine telling the patients why? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. I don't actually know how prevalent this is. I feel like I've seen a number of videos on like Twitter 
of like very bold monkeys coming up and taking like well there was the one video of a monkey like just grabbing a child and dragging it along the street but there was another one where it's like these three women are sitting at like a picnic table clearly getting ready to film like a tiktok dance or something and then they start screaming and and they run away and then the the frame shows a monkey with giant dangling balls come into frame so (laughs) upsetting that animals have genitals you know True, like it, its testicles don't have to be that big. There's no reason. <laughs> you know, it's like you're at the park and a squirrel steals your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. This is what happened here, except it just is a monkey and and it, positive blood samples. <laughs> and the, the PB and J is yeah infected blood samples. Authorities said it was not clear if the monkeys had spilled the blood samples, but people nearby have said that they're kind of, you know, worried that the monkeys could carry the samples into residential areas. Also, we still don't know like how it or if at all it passes between humans and animals. And so, like, the monkeys contract it and then spread it. Just huge, fun questions. Love it all. And apparently, monkeys have been increasingly straying into human settlements in India and causing disturbances, or at least according to an environmentalist, because of the destruction of the natural habitat around these urban centers. So, yeah, that's what happens. You destroy the natural world and monkeys are going to come steal our medical equipment. That's what Planet of the Apes was all about. I've never seen any of those movies. Me neither. No desire. <laughs> At this point, yeah, it's like too real. I can't, <laughs> I can't watch. I need, I need to escape. I can't watch a video of our future. All right, that's it for Worst Things First. Next, we're going straight into our chasers. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Well, I know it's been a journey that everyone has just been like waiting to find out. And I would like to update everyone that I finally watched The Great. I'm not done with it, but I am far enough in where I can confidently say that I love it and I'm really enjoying it. And I can just say that I've seen it more than 15 minutes and more than two episodes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this has been what you've been watching for the past three weeks. I know, but, but now I officially have been. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What are you watching? I finished The Great. That was my my TV show of the week. Uh, I got to the end at 10 episodes. They are, it is like you want to kind of watch them slowly. It is a yeah. lot to watch 10 episodes at once. But I just, it, it's like... So you sometimes shows are described as like eating candy, like watching them is like eating candy or it just like, I don't know, the whole like the way that the show is designed and like the colors of their clothes and everything is like so good. I just love it. Yeah. It's so rich. Rich. Um, the pink outfit that she wears in the finale, episode 10, is I literally was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> I cannot wait. I mean, I love I love Elle Fanning. She's great. She is so good in in this Elle Fanning, even though I called her Dakota Fanning when you first <laughs> brought it up. Uh, I love it. And Nicholas Holt. Yeah, it's just so good. So, yeah, I've been watching that and um, the Twilight Zone still. <laughs> nice. You know, there's an episode of the Twilight Zone that is literally the good place. 
What? It's just like, oh, all of the stuff that we love <laughs> and like things like, I don't know, everything's been done already. It's just <laughs> like you would just appreciate something for like the way it's it's being made in the moment and not because it's necessarily like the most original idea in the world. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Anyway. Fascinating. What's your non-TV chaser? So I have two. One is an update on my paint by number experience, which is that <laughs> I am almost done with my first one. And I really love it because this also counts as my TV. I've been very far behind on Riverdale. And I discovered that I can do a paint by number while having Riverdale on and watch like five episodes with only ever looking at the screen like three times and literally not miss a thing. So that's been great. <laughs> really enjoying that. But my real chaser is something that you did. Me? <laughs> you. Okay. So let's break this down for the listeners. While I was actually doing my paint by number, I was texting with you and you were like, what are you doing? And I was like, Here, look at my gorgeous paint by number. And then my friend Emily came by and we were sitting on the stoop six feet away with our masks on. And then uh, I was like, you know what? I'll walk you back to your apartment, Emily. So I'm walking back to my apartment and then I get a text from you that says, hey, are you home? Because I sent a messenger. And I was like, oh, shoot. No, I'm not. Uh, let me text my neighbor and see if she can get it. And then you sent me another text and it was a selfie of you on my stoop because it was the day after my birthday and you walked from Manhattan to Brooklyn to my stoop to deliver cookies and it was truly the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that includes Alex, who I've uh, known and loved for 10 years. So... That means we're dating now. Congratulations <laughs> to us. <laughs> we're legally married. I walked. It was a, a 10 mile round trip. <laughs> it's insane. Um, which I guess people run like marathons that are like three times as long as that. But um, OK, whatever. <laughs> I basically. Yeah, I basically I did the Lord of the Ring. I was Frodo. <laughs> Um, the ring was chocolate cookies and uh, the uh, depths of Mount Doom was your throat. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I like that analogy <laughs> where it ended. <laughs> I do. All right. But, but yeah, you know, especially because I haven't seen a lot of my friends during this anyway. Uh, and so it was a mix of like, just seeing you in general was so nice and made me so happy. But also knowing that you went all the way to Mordor for it and back. Like you didn't fly a fucking eagle back. No. You walked. Yeah. Take that, J.R. Token. <laughs> Sometimes we can't just have an eagle bail us out of everything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that was my chaser. What about you? <laughs> it was definitely as much of a joy for me because, uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen like anybody except for like the people occasionally in my building lobby for the past like two months. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, having some interaction and also, you know, we kept masks on and we, we were responsible. Oh, we yeah. Weren't, we didn't full tongue make out. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> But anyway, my my chaser is a book. Yeah, I read. Whoa. Um, by Lulu Miller. Do you know Lulu Miller? I know her personally. Oh, I fucking love her. I've been <laughs> uh, obsessing over her for the past few weeks. So Lulu Miller, if you don't know, is um, she is the co-host, co-creator of Invisibilia, which is an NPR show 
that they describe as a podcast or a show about the invisible forces that drive human behavior. So it's like a pop psychology science storytelling podcast. Um, so I've been working, I think there's like five or six seasons, maybe eight episodes each. So I've been working my way through those. And then a few weeks ago, I saw that Lulu was a guest on the long form podcast with our podcast dad, Max Linsky. <laughs> and it was about this book that she just had come out uh, last month. So I like immediately listened to that and then immediately ordered the book. And uh, it's called Why Fish Don't Exist, A Story of Lost Love and the Hidden Order of Life. It is hard to describe what it is without giving it away mm-hmm. it's like a, it's pretty a small book but basically it's like part autobiography part biography of a guy named david star jordan who it was a taxonomist who like collected fish and like um a taxonomist is like someone who categorizes animals and shit <laughs> you know Um, This is why Lulu uh, is much better at this than I am. (laughs) But like she talks about her own kind of like mental health journey and dealing with depression and like just like how you face the uh, like seeming meaninglessness of the world (laughs) when when things like feel overwhelming or it's like you have the sense of despair, like what's the point or like things seem like well they just can't get any worse than they are right now um which certainly feels like what the world has felt like for the past couple of months yeah so it's like a part like thriller part science book part memoir um but i feel like it was just like such a perfect book for right now and if you're feeling like i don't know like hopeless i guess i feel like this is a really um, beautiful book to to read. I also, because I loved hearing her voice on the podcast, I was like, I'm going to get the audiobook and listen to it while I, I read. And it, of course, was amazing. So the book is Why Fish Don't Exist by Lulu Miller. I love it. That is it for this week. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Winsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Home on the range. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me why that just popped into my head. (laughs) 